Hey, Petty fans, welcome to episode 11 of the Rich Petty Motorsports Podcast presented by Petty's Garage. Presented by Petty's Garage. I'm rocking one of their t-shirts right now, tuned by Petty's Garage. You can uh, supercar up pettys-garage.com, but we'll get more into that in the middle of the middle of the episode. Who do we have today? Today we have crew chief number 43 Chevrolet for Eric Jones, Jerry Baxter. Jerry Baxter. Uh, he's he's got a lot of cool stories, a lot of uh, a lot of good insight. Uh, he's going to be a solid one, and he's already he's he's planned two more episodes for us after this. So uh, or, or, or guests. So he's right. he's already being helpful. Definitely. Yeah. Jerry has been around uh, quite a while. You know, started his career out uh, in the '80s and '90s. He's spent a lot of time in the truck and Xfinity series. Uh, came on board with us here at RPM to start the 2020 season, uh, and now he's you know crew chiefing for Eric doing a great job really appreciate his time and uh i think you're gonna enjoy hearing from it so without further ado here's jerry uh i'm jerry baxter from uh san diego california and uh crew chief the 43 car well first off it's great to just sit down and have a conversation with you because you've been here for almost a year and a half now but right covid hit so we didn't i was you know four races in and then we go to work from home and and not traveling and stuff so it's like the first time we've really had a chance to get down and to sit down and uh, chat for a while. So I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Me too, for sure. So I'm glad things are somewhat getting back to normal. Yep. Yep. Moving in the right direction. Um, so what was it like growing up in San Diego? Uh, it's a great place to visit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a beautiful town. I, I would want to live there, but um, uh, it, it is a great place. You know, it's beautiful there. And and uh, a lot of good people for sure you still go back there fairly often uh not really i go back like when we race fontana or something like that you know uh my mom still lives there and and uh, uh my sisters so uh, i'll go back and visit them once in a while but not very often gotcha yeah so i heard you talk about when you were a kid that your parents were both kind of into racing a little bit were they race fans or were they actually like in in the sport in some capacity um my mom was more a race fan on the East Coast up in New York and stuff, but uh, my dad ran a race car for, I don't know, quite a few years, uh, late model sports when it was called. So between the two of them, that's kind of what got me hooked, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So your mom's originally from the East Coast? Uh, yeah, from Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. I didn't realize that. Um, and so then, you know, when did you, what was your first foray into racing? Like, How old were you? As far as going to the races, well, um, I know you, I know you drove a little bit. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, so that what, was that was like I was maybe sixteen, something like that, mm -hmm. sixteen, seventeen years old, and I probably only did it about four years. And I, uh, I really wanted, uh, I really wanted it to happen, but it's just so expensive, and yeah. uh, so we just faced reality and said, "Hey, I'm going to try and be the best crew chief I can be." What kind of cars were you driving? in those days um they would be like a touring car like a late model car right now okay like like they would run at pensacola or or any of those races you know like the snowball derby that top car mm -hmm. yeah were you seeing any success you know in that car like were you winning races or running well or I, I i think i only won about three races in four years so obviously i won that great <laughs> <laughs> well it's still i mean three is better than goose egg for absolutely, sure absolutely yeah so so that's you said after about four years, you know, you realized that you wanted to continue. It needed to be either in the crew chief role or something else. So you right. knew right then that, like, crew chiefing was probably in your future? Well, I hope to, you know, mm -hmm. for sure. So, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes things come about and you just got to face reality. And, you know, you want to go one way, but you go the other. So, uh, you know, you just got to make the best of, out of all that. And, and I think I've made the right decision, for sure. Yeah, I'd say so. I had quite the career yeah yeah <laughs> as a crew chief and, and still going um so when you kind of made that decision I, I know you've talked about going to work for james hilton was that was that your first job after taking a step away from the driver's seat and and how did that come about yeah it was uh uh my brother he's younger than me but he was going down to daytona to uh uh work on a guy's car and uh, so I made a bunch of resumes up and I gave them to him. And then uh, I told him whatever it takes to get in the cup garage, jump the fence, whatever. Oh, okay. Get in there and pass these out. And then James called me and, and uh, I think he called me on Saturday and I was drove to uh, South Carolina by Tuesday. 
Oh wow! Yeah, it so. seems like a running theme with a lot of these guys when they got started. It's it's they wanted in racing. They called a guy. They got called back, and it was within a week. You right. had to be, be there. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much what he told me. Be here by Tuesday, and you got a job. So, you know, ran around, told the family, "Hey, I'm out." <laughs> up and drove across country. Yeah, 15 minutes later, I was gone. So, wow. Yeah, pretty exciting. Golly, that's awesome. Yeah. So you ended up. His shop was in South Carolina. Is that right? Yeah, Inman, South Carolina. It's down by Spartanburg. So, um, yeah. Is that where you ended up? I know you see, you wear a South Carolina hat all the time. So where does that connection come from? Uh, my daughter went to uh, the real USC. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. No, no. She uh, she went to uh, University of South Carolina, and uh, you know, being from the West Coast, I'd never really experienced uh, like uh, big time college football out there. There's just like two where I was around, you know, USC or UCLA or something like that, and and getting the chance to go there it was like it's pretty cool. It's like you know, there's 85,000 people raising hell, yeah. <laughs> whether they're winning or losing. It's pretty cool. So that's <laughs> yeah. kind of what got me hooked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've been trying to tell Chris he needs to come with me to Blacksburg here pretty soon because it's. Mm. Well, you know, <clears throat> I'm a Wolfpacker, so we might not have 85,000 people, but we can get about 60 of them and they're rowdy. I'm uh, I'm good with Wolfpack, though. That's uh, that's second choice. Yeah. Awesome. Right, well, yeah. that was actually, yeah, I, I applied to two schools. It was Virginia Tech and NC State, so we, we get along pretty well. Definitely want to go to Blacksburg for a, for a football game, though. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's, it's, it's for unreal. Sure. Yeah. yeah. How's it like working with Danny, then? Do y'all butt heads ever? Uh, I know every day. I, yeah, <laughs> it's funny thing is that, is that Danny went to school at South Carolina. Oh, he did. Yes, but yet he's a Clemson fan. I think it's something to do with his dad put some kind of vaccine in him or something. <laughs> I'm really not sure. But, but yeah, we we butt heads every day. <laughs> and so what, what shot did you get? Pfizer, Moderna. He's like, oh, I got that that Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Him and Todd Gordon drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> two of my engineers of the past you know they're just like uh clemson people so yeah. is todd gordon an engineer of yours in the past yeah 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 That's he was cool. he was my engineer at uh mike waltrips uh uh in the xfendi series so yeah. okay yeah well, well we'll come back to that so get back on track here in, in your days with james hilton what was your first position with that team well you know those are long time ago days and uh uh my brother and i both did all the prep work on the cars. It was pretty much just the two of us that got everything ready every week and then drove the hauler, did all that stuff, you know. And then uh, he would have uh, a pit crew show up, you know, when it was race day or something like that, you know, to, to kind okay. of handle the car. But that was kind of our position. I guess I guess uh, if I look back now, I guess you would call it like a car chief or something like that. Gotcha. So, yeah, so when you yeah. say prepping a car, for all us casual fans like me, what does that mean? Uh, well, prepping it, getting it ready to go to the race. You know, like okay. like doing the setup work on it, putting the motor in, doing doing. Oh, so just, so not just like wiping it down no, before no. it goes off. You were doing yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, were this were those fun times, or were you kind of ready to find something else after a little while there? Well, I uh, did the whole Cup season in 1980, and uh, I only had two half days off, mm -hmm. uh, so I was tired at the end. But uh, for sure, wouldn't trade it for the world. Pretty, pretty cool experience. Definitely. Especially when you're young, you know, 20 years old. Yeah. Go for it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, for me, so my first season was 19, just a couple years ago. Like, I was 24 at the time. But, like, you know, it was awesome. Like, if you don't have, like, wife and kids and dogs and all that stuff to take care of, like, being on the road every week is it's pretty fun. Oh, for sure. But I would say after 36 of them, it's like, okay, I need, need a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, right now, I've actually, I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm doing like half of them, you know, and these one-day shows, like, there's de I, I miss elements of practice and qualifying, but I like fly in Saturday night or Sunday morning, you know, come back Sunday night. Like, it's nice, I think. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm you know, I've been in the truck series for a long time and Xfinity before that, but um, when I got here to do this cup deal with Bubba uh we only made it like four races I think it was four races till they kind of shut down and, yeah and uh that was the only ones with practice and all that stuff so I really didn't know how that all rolled other than it would take up three days a week which I thought was crazy yeah but <laughs> but uh so then when we went back you know it was just one day shows and, and I totally agree with what you're saying and now I'm uh kind of dreading the 
I think we have eight events this year with practice and qualifying, you know, and I'm just, maybe I'm spoiled. <laughs> yeah. But are you, are you looking forward to having some practice time though? Just for a sake um, of like working with Eric on it, on stuff or? I, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it. I'm kind of on the fence about it. So, uh, probably it would benefit us to have some practice. No question. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot more expense. It's a lot more work to have practice because you have a backup car in case something was to happen. And, uh, you know, they've, they've kind of talked about having a practice that's maybe only 20, 30 minutes long, but that ultimately doesn't change anything in the shop. Right. Uh, if you have a 20 minute practice, you have to have a backup car, you know, right. cause you just never know. So, um, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it, but if we were to just, I, I, we were, I don't know if we were having this conversation not that long ago, but um, if we were to just go to having qualifying and, like, say we did that, like, the morning of race day or something, would you ever be at a point where you would feel comfortable enough to not have to bring a backup car if we just did qualifying and raced? Absolutely not. Okay. It's just, there's there's too much on, on our shoulders, and, you know, we have too many uh, – partners to let them down if right. if something happened and you know we got to take care of that that's what makes the world go around mm -hmm. for sure yeah because we debate all the time like like not having qualifying really stinks when you have a bad week and that finish carries over to your starting position the next week yeah, yeah. and so we've been talking all about like well could we do just qualifying and take the risk and hope everything goes well because i can't remember a time when when we tore up a car in qualifying, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that answers that question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like last week at Richmond, you know, we uh, had the week before at Martinsville had a, a, a parts failure and we finished 30th. So we had to start 30th at Richmond and, and that's really tough. They don't have uh, very many cautions there. It's a long run deal and, and our car wasn't great to start. Uh, midway through the race, it was rolling, and we yeah. were pretty happy. But you know, maybe we'd have practice or qualifying that we could have nipped that off to start with. You know, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, it's an interesting trade-off because you save so much not having to do that backup car. But you know, we're in a spot too where practicing qualifying could help. So right, right. I don't know how you how you find that balance, but right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm getting slightly. I'm, I'm going to take this thing off the rails. But uh, when I watch the race at home, uh, I, I like to put the scanner on, put it on a bluetooth speaker so you can really hear it and man i tell you what that boy eric jones he gives some feedback i mean there is a lot of information he gives you it, it so sometimes well, it, it during at the least green appears that way yeah right. yeah I mean, he's giving you entry mid-corner exit and i feel like when you listen to the scanner of some other dudes they don't give you that much information yeah. kind of what's that like that's that's what makes him who he is you know and and uh it's amazing to me that I'm not even sure how old he is, 24, 25 years old. Something I think he's like that. 24. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that he's got that much, you know, uh, maturity uh, yeah. about driving. But, you know, f realistically, he's, what, fifth year in this Cup Series or fourth or fifth year. So, you know, I kind of expect that he's going to be pretty good at it, you know. Yeah. So uh, it, it helps a lot. It definitely helps. Yeah. So. It, and it seems from on his end, because, you know, I feel like there's some guys that's high emotion but I feel like he he gives very constructive, constructive yeah. feedback. Yeah, a lot of the guys, you know, that I've worked with over the years, you know, they kind of lose their mind when things, <laughs> things aren't perfect. And yeah. Eric seems pretty chill about everything. He's like, we'll get this, we'll get this. Yeah, especially running, we were running 29th and 30th, and I'm sitting there like, come on, what is going on? But right. he's giving feedback, y'all are making changes, and next thing you know, mid-race, short track at a place like Richmond, and we're passing cars on track, and that, that was – Man, that was cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, people and see P nineteen and they they don't realize to get there. To that, get there, yeah, that yeah. was a grind. And yeah, I, I was happy for the team. Yeah, I was too. Um, well, we went green flag run for five years or something the other day. <laughs> it seemed like it didn't. Yeah, it, it was awful. Yeah, yeah. So, but well, I say awful. I don't know. There was a lot. Some people like that, but I'd like a little bit more they break up in the action. We needed it. I mean, I was just praying for a yellow. Yeah, so. yeah. So was I at certain points. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's go back a little bit. So, um, you know, what was your relationship like with Ernie Urban? How did I know you guys kind of cross paths a lot at one point? Yeah. You know, um, when when did that start? And like, kind of how were you guys together for for a little bit there? So uh, when I left South Carolina uh, from James Hilton, I went back to the West Coast and. Uh, 
went to a work went to work for uh, a guy named Ivan Baldwin uh, building chassis for race cars and uh, uh, Ernie was one of the employees there so uh, Ernie was pretty rough around the edges and and uh, he really didn't do a nice enough quality you know project like he couldn't weld to make it look good enough to sell to the public and so what ernie did is he ended up being my prep guy like he would bend all the roll cages he would cut all the frames mm -hmm. he would do all that stuff and then i would assemble it um so that's not bad on his part he did his job so yeah. that was good uh anyhow so uh, we did that for for quite a few years and then uh he, he ended up moving back here uh i i ended up buying the company later on and um came back uh i don't know what year i came back here probably about 96 97 something like that from california and then uh went to work for ernie uh he had the uh federated auto parts truck with boris said driving and uh so i went there and, so he and, owned the team and boris was a driver at that uh, time he owned the team with mark simo who owned no fear okay the, you know the apparel company mm, yep. uh -huh. yeah so they kind of owned it together and then uh uh, so I went to work there, and and then uh, a, a few months into it, started crew chief in the car for for the truck, the truck for him, and uh, we just been best friends forever. So Dude. that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I was telling, I had told the story to Bradley earlier, and I hate to talk too much, uh, but I had four eye surgeries when I was a kid at Duke University, right? And when Ernie had his accident, he got his eye surgeries at Duke University, right? Well, when I had my eye surgeries, I was a kid. I didn't want to wear my eye patch. And, you know, Ernie had his eye patch. So I don't know what happened, but um, Ernie sent me a signed picture. I didn't, we didn't ask for it. Sent me a signed picture of him wearing his eye patch that said, keep wearing that eye patch. And if it wasn't for that picture, I slept with that picture when I was a kid. That's cool. And, man, that if you can send Ernie my thank yous, that would I mean, Absolutely. I might not have vision if, I, if, if it wasn't for that picture, that Absolutely. one picture. That's yeah. all. That's all. I'll so definitely I mean. do that for sure. That's Thank a great you. story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he actually, uh, when he came back to racing after the first accident, he uh, he actually wore the patch, and I think his debut race oh, was Wilkesboro, maybe, and uh, I think he finished sixth with the patch on. Yeah. Wow. In the Cup Series, pretty cool. That's amazing. No yeah. depth perception. Nah. Just guessing it. <laughs> I'm not sure you had any of that anyways with two eyes. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to have to get him on, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say that. We have our wish list, and Ernie, just selfishly, is one that I'd just like to – I don't even know what I'd ask him, but I'd de definitely tell him thank you. Yeah, right on. Right yeah. on. We'll I, tell him Jerry said he needed to come on. I could probably arrange that for you. Hey. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. We'll get back to you, Jerry, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Took it off the rails again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you worked, you worked with a lot of different people. Um, you know, who, who is somebody that, and you may not want to answer it, but I'm gonna ask anyways, who's somebody that you think like had a ton of talent and just never got the opportunity to showcase it? Wow. That's a tough one. Like my whole career, I've had all the young kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I was at Michael Waltrip's for about 12 years maybe and uh i went through so many young kids you know with i mean well some of them weren't so young but some you know they're all inexperienced from david rudiman to trevor bain scott speed both the true x's uh went on and on um i don't really know i don't really have an answer to that mm -hmm. i really i really just don't so um i had a lot of fun working with some of them uh one of them was uh was scott speed and you know, to the public, he came off. He was pretty different, but when we were doing our deal, he was he was in mm -hmm. all in. So we had a good time with him. But um, I've actually had a good time with every one of them, truthfully. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So then you said you were at Michael Walters for a while. I want to my the way I want to frame this is compare and contrast Michael Waltrip and Kyle Bush as team owners. Ooh, ooh that's a good one. Um, Michael Waltrip. As you know, he went 0 for 462. That's a lot of races without winning. Mm -hmm. And then he finally won. But um, his direction was different from Kyle's in that um, he was able to promote the product really good. Uh, you know, he brought in the money. He, you know, he brought in the, 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 the associates. You know, he brought in everything. He did a really good job with that. Uh, Kyle, on the other hand, is about one thing. Winning? Yeah. <laughs> he absolutely refuses to finish second 
So when uh, I did the truck deal there with uh, Bubba and a couple others, uh, it's like every Monday when we have the uh, post-race debrief, uh, I don't know how he did it, but he had like, he knew every lap. And I don't know if he studied YouTube before the meetings. Or I just don't know. But he knew everything about it, and he questioned everything that you did, mm-hmm. and he expected results, which obviously made us all better. So um, two different kinds of people, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how often did he come in, you know, I think this question gets asked a lot of guys that drive full-time in the Cup Series but also own a team. You know, how often do you see him every week, and, and how focused in is he on that truck team? 100%. Yeah? Yeah. Pretty much there every day when I was there. He was pretty right. much there every day. Um, very thorough in the, in the, in the post-race meetings with all the drivers. Uh, didn't play no favoritism. If they screwed up, he let them know. If they did good, he let them know. But uh, it was always about how can we make this thing better, you know, so that was kind of our deal. It's pretty impressive to be able to compete in the Cup Series at a high level and also right. manage a truck team at the same time. Right, that's that's right. pretty impressive, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think many people give him that credit, but right. Yeah. Um, so moving from the trucks back up to Cup, uh, what surprised you most about the Cup Series in 2020, 2021 that maybe you weren't expecting? Um. Well, you know, when I left the truck series, uh, I had Brett Moffat driving at GMS, and I think we won four or five races that year. Uh, we didn't win the championship. We finished third at Homestead, which, you know, you lose when you do that. But um, uh, I thought, ah, this is good. I, I just won 16 truck races or whatever it is, 15, 16 truck races. This is easy. And then uh, Bubba calls me and says, hey, you want to come do this cup deal? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> I like, I want to be on the lake on Sundays. Right. And he's like, no, you got to come do it, dude. You got to come. And so uh, when we started talking seriously, he's like, uh, first thing you need to know, you got to curb your expectations because this is not easy. And, and he was right. You know, so uh, I never thought I'd be happy about finishing top 10. Like, it's just different, yeah. you know. So, um, like this year, I, I think we're eight races in, and we only have two top tens, and it's like, ah. But he did say curb your expectations. So, so uh, that's been my biggest shock, I think, for gotcha. sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's hard to convey that to a fan base too, who, if you don't win, they just seem to be up in arms. Oh, for sure. And and it's so hard to like, and and you just can't do it, but. I look at things on the social media side because you know what I do, and you're smart enough to stay off of that stuff, which I'd commend you, and wish I could say the same sometimes. But um, you know, it's just hard to like make it. This is one of the reasons why we started the podcast was to go more in depth on everything that right. makes this ship run because we're hopeful that it's not making excuses. It's just opening the doors a little bit to say, look, this is reality. This is how things work. And this is why you don't, not everybody's going to win every week. And, right. and, you know, when you look at like the level of competition too, you start counting the cars that are crazy amount of resources and you hit 16, 20 cars pretty quickly. Right. right. And, and then when you look at it that way and you're like, we got to, you know, we got to shoot above our weight class a little bit just to break into that top 15, uh, really puts things in perspective i think right for sure i mean you got you got four hendrick cars you got four penske you got four jgr uh on down the line and 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 then i think i think there's like 20 something really really good cars yeah so, definitely. Yeah. so uh the difference between our company and a lot of them is i think uh here at rpm i think we have maybe about 35 employees total mm-hmm. counting the office and everything and I'll say uh, counting us <laughs> yeah 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 and i think that uh you know like if you're at jgr or hendrick or one of those places i i believe they gotta have 350 400 and uh that's a lot of a lot more brain power and and on and on so i think we do a pretty decent job of, oh, yeah. of what we're doing for sure and, and, it, and it brings a different perspective when you're looking at the leaderboard on the left side of the screen right and when you see certain teams not just the 43 but other teams when they start making it into the top 10 top 15 
it, you, I mean, you're pulling for those. You're pulling for those guys, and right. it's like, wow. And sometime, well, I'm not. I'm pulling for us. <laughs> no, well, well, I mean, I'm pulling for us, obviously. But it, it, you start to you start to look at the names and the teams that you're that are behind you that you've passed on track, and that gets me going. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, my deal is I have to pull for us so much because on Tuesdays. Uh, Dale Inman and Richard Petty stopped by and they want to know what the hell. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? So I think they watch the race better than anybody. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But but I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. what a pleasure. So, Chris, how are you looking on your time? Do we need to yeah, let's, break uh, right quick? Yeah, let's. Let, I'm, I'm wearing my uh, tuned by Petty, uh, Petty's Garage shirt. So let's go ahead and uh, hear a word from our sponsor, Petty's Garage. Sounds good. Welcome to Petty's Garage. Every one of our strut bars and coil covers are handmade right here in my hometown, Level Cross, North Carolina. Just like our old race cars, everything that comes out of here is first class. Now, you probably know my favorite color, but we still make these things in every color you can imagine. You've got the power to make your car go and show exactly how you want. Visit pettys-garage.com to check out all the parts, engines, and tuning we've got to offer. And we're back. And speaking of Petty's Garage, uh, my T-shirt, can't see it because I'm not on camera, says uh, Tune by Petty at Petty's Garage. Uh, as far as tuning goes in, in the street cars, you know, they've got the computers in them, and we've got a guy at our shop, Matt Glad, who can just take that and just smooth out that power curve and have power from, you know, slow speeds to top speeds. Do, do we have anything like that in 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 the cup cars, or is it all engine? No, it's it's similar to that for sure. You know, they pre-program it. Uh, they have engine brake on the things where you let off and it and it breaks the motor, um, slows the motor, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, all the fuel and the timing, all that stuff, it's all it's all pre-done on the computer. Uh, the motor, if you were to get it hot it automatically goes into safety mode and dumps fuel in it so that cool it down and takes timing out. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things to it uh, that do it, but yeah, the motors are pretty protected because of the computer for sure. Not like they were back in the day, you know? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. That's why you don't see as many failures these days too. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the parts are so good nowadays, you know? So yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Before we, before we went to break, Jerry had just mentioned that, the King and Dale come into the office on Tuesdays and uh, give him a little debrief. Uh, we had a fan question from Twitter that asked, um, you know, does Dale offer up some crew chief pointers and just talk a little bit more about what it's like when, when him and the King come in and how those conversations go. Okay, so uh, uh, Dale comes in every Tuesday morning. He shows up around 8 o'clock in the morning. He walks in my office, sits down and says, all right, let me hear it. <laughs> so uh, I I tell him what went on and and uh, I got to tell you he's I don't know he's probably eighty years old eighty five years old I don't know he's older than Richard I think Richard's eighty three yeah so Dale might be eighty four eighty five something yeah. like that but damn he's smart yeah oh, I mean yeah. he's the winningest crew chief in the history of NASCAR you know eight championships and uh, whatever two hundred something wins pretty cool yeah but uh you know reality is he's he's still up to speed on everything and and uh, definitely opens my eyes to things um uh never really rides my butt hard like you screwed this up or whatever now, yeah R richard that's different but, <laughs> <laughs> but but he's the owner so you know how that goes yeah richard's the owner dale's just uh advisory board <laughs> right right for sure <laughs> well I guess, I guess that means you could consider yourself having gone to dale inman university oh for sure for sure and you know when they come in here every week it's like uh they'll sit in my office and i'm like wow there's like a million people on the planet right now that would do anything to sit where i'm sitting yeah you know good bad or indifferent right yeah, yeah. so yeah it's pretty cool we had to think about that too when we had him on the podcast and you know i was like after we wrapped up i was like man we just sat down and had an hour-long conversation with dale inman where we yeah. got to ask him whatever we wanted and just bs and go back and forth and i was like and there's probably a million people out there that could have done it better than we did, but we got to do it. So. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And then we were pulling out, going to lunch yesterday out of Petty's garage, and here comes Dale playing chicken with us, and he didn't turn. 
Because <laughs> we were coming out the exit as he's pulling he in in pulling. his truck. So you were the chicken. I was the chicken. That's, I, that's okay. He was play, He was messing with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Dale. He's such a good personality. Yeah. Funny sure. as hell, too. For sure. <laughs> um, let's go back here. So has there ever been a call on top of the pit box that you made that just worked out so perfectly you couldn't believe it? I know that there's a lot that have been the other way. Okay. That was my next question. For sure. Could, yeah. Um, one time one time at Michigan in the truck series, I had Bubba Wallace, and uh, we had a 10-second lead on the field. And uh, the fuel cells hold 18 and a half gallons, and uh, we were down to 17, you know, a gallon and a half left in the tank, and it ran out of fuel. Oh my God, devastated. We ended up finishing 10th and we had a 10 second lead. Oh, so man. that was the kind of the opposite of what you're asking right there. But um, as far as, you know, making the exact right call, uh, I don't, I think the bad things always stick out in your brain better than the, yeah. than the good things, right? So mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. So that truck race at Michigan, you think that that's like top of the list of ones that got away? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. So have that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those memories of what doesn't work out sometimes, I guess, stick out better than right. the ones that do, yeah. Right, for sure. Um, what's it like working with Rick on, on the spotter stand this year? You know, How far do you guys go back? Because it seems like you got a pretty – we know each other pretty well. Um, it's pretty cool to work with Rick because he's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, You remind him of that often? Absolutely, every yeah. weekend. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's cool. Uh, we've known each other for – gosh forever you know he was a west coast racer too from denver and he would come out there to bakersfield and race every weekend and and uh, all around the west coast so we known each other forever and and uh, uh i had actually had him as my spotter back i don't know what year like maybe 2012 i had uh kale gale driving a truck for us and mm. and rick was a spotter and there's a uh, name you don't hear very often right yeah and um i remember the final race of the year we were uh, at homestead and uh, Kyle Bush is just kicking everybody's tail like normal. And then um, I had saved a set of tires, kind of back to your last question. I'd saved a set of tires, and Caution comes out with a couple to go. And uh, I think we'll run like 12th, like we ran every week, which just disgusted me. Right. But, but anyhow, <laughs> uh, uh, we can. Because 12th in the, in the truck series at the level you're at is just not where you want to be, right? That's like 30th in the Cup Series. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a so, great way to put, not to cut you off, but that's a, that's a great way to put, like, in perspective the truck series versus the cup series and where you're running and how you feel so right, right 12th in the truck series is almost like 30th in the cup series that's, that, that, that's kind of what i see it yeah yeah um didn't know it was that hard until the last year and a half but mm -hmm. anyhow so we uh we came down pit road and uh put those four tires on and they threw the green i think we had like maybe three laps to go two three laps to go and then uh coming to the checkered flag uh past kyle coming to the line ended up both of us wrecked, but we went across the line in front, and uh, that was that was pretty big. And that's awesome. Um, I know Kale was in the truck, but I feel like Rick was actually driving it. Gotcha. He, oh wow. He was he was whipping him like a horse. It was <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> We're gonna have to go find the replay of that. that was oh a, yeah. That was coming to the line. They're they're beating and banging, hitting each other, and oh yeah, oh yeah. And y'all come across first. Yep. It's pretty cool. And then ironically, uh, I left there after that that race was over to go to KBM to work for Kyle and the team they gave me was the team that we had beat and I think oh. half of them kind of hated me from oh. the start oh, yeah oh, so I had to do a little <laughs> a little personnel rebuilding there you know to get them to get on my side <laughs> yeah. taking guys out to lunch for the first few yeah, weeks yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I love listening to Rick on the on the on the spot on the what do you call it the, the, the radio yeah i yeah. love i love listening to him man. yeah he, he'll have you he'll have you cracking up he's pretty confident <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah just a little yeah he's got re good reason to be i guess yeah yeah for sure yeah for sure so you definitely notice his racing background and experience come into play when he's spotting well i mean it it, it totally helps yeah because you know everything he says he knows mm -hmm. he, he knows what he's talking about and, and uh fortunately for us eric really trusts him you know I wouldn't want to be up there. There's no chance. But oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh but he really trusts whatever Rick says and and so do I. So it's it's good. Especially during super speedway races, I think would just be I'd 
just thinking about it, it's so nerve wracking, right? Yeah. Listen we, to those guys, like, you know, when they tell you you can make a lane change and you can go for it, that's them being right or wrong is the difference between 16 cars going on the truck, right? Yeah, we got off the, we were getting off a plane coming home from Richmond last week, and, and I told Rick, I said, uh, next week, it's all on you, dog. Not on <laughs> us. Cause, you know, what, whatever you unload with, it's what you got. And, and, you know, the spotter is so integral at, at, at those speedway races. Yeah. yeah. So what what's your mindset like a week like this when you're going to a super speedway race? Are you nervous, excited, combination of both, or is it just business as usual and see what happens? No, definitely combination of both. Okay. Um, you know, you, you go to these races, uh, uh, we need a shot to win, and these races are hard to win. And, you know, you see speedway racing is everything's so equaled out. And, you know, you see the 500 this year with Michael McDowell winning. Not that he's bad. He's right. great. Mm-hmm. But um, it just gives you hope that, you know, you can you can rip one off there. Yeah. So. Isn't that such a weird kind of paradox that your best chances to win are also some of the most difficult races to win? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, and you, you kind of know going in, like, hey, we got this much chance of surviving this thing, you know? Yeah. So you kind of know that going in. So, you know, that's a good mindset to have. At least you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you hope for the best. Yeah, you, go ahead. I was going to say, we're taking another really good-looking car to a super speedway race. That it, it is pretty cool with Air Force and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about them getting the opportunity to be on the car and, you know, excited for a whole team for yeah. that. Yeah, it's yeah. wicked-looking. Definitely. So. We talk about paint schemes a lot because I get the opportunity to – put some of them together right and you always like to give me your feedback um what are some of your favorites that we've had and then do you have like a favorite all time that you've like been on nah i don't know had so many but uh <laughs> as far as your stuff this year uh really like the uh armor all car that was mm-hmm. pretty badass yeah uh petty garage car i love that car um i don't know right offhand I, one of my complimented you to death on i can't remember what car it was the, the clash car we had i think was kind of cool which was the rp funding clash car oh, yeah, the yeah, blue yeah, that yeah. faded in and out and yeah that, that was pretty awesome so i mean i think the air force car this weekend looks pretty good too yeah it does it's uh well we've released it now so we can talk about it it's yeah. a tuskegee airman uh, homage and it's like nice light gray base with the red and red tail and the striped graphics around the front and black right. hood right it's gonna be awesome yeah it looks good yeah, and a video that I made is going to be, well, by the time I get this edited and out, the that video will be out. But we did a little behind-the-scenes video uh, of the shoot that we did. The production day. The, the production day shoot. So that Aren't you glad a, you didn't have to come down and do all that? So glad. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to get back to that. I think we need to get back to including crew chiefs in all the photo oh, yeah. shoots. Yeah, I'm definitely. Gonna, I'm going to vote no. Just <laughs> 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 <is> my thoughts. <laughs> but. Yeah, we had Chris Hussey on a few weeks ago and pulled up a picture uh, from like the early 90s when he was on the Penrose Hot Sausage. Hot Sausage. Uh, I think it was Bobby Labonte's Bush yep, car. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, it was like him and Bobby like in the photo shoot stuff. I was like, yeah, we got to get Jerry back. You know, he's uh, he's Dale's son-in-law, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had to make sure we asked about that. And, yeah, for sure. Um, his stories of Dale, like when he was first coming around, were not as much of like the horror stories that we were hoping for <laughs> he's like you know but then you get to know dale and dale's actually kind of a big softy too oh yeah oh, yeah. yeah he's tough though oh yeah tough. yeah tough yeah that knuckle he, that knuckle comes into your ch- does he ever do that like does he ever get you with the knuckle i call it the horse bite okay <laughs> yeah i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> oh that's funny um so let's see i think now's a good time to take a few of our fan questions yeah before we wrap up hashtag ask rpm for those that are listening yeah so first off thank you to everybody who listened and submitted a question using hashtag ask rpm on twitter and all of our uh, social pages but the first one we'll just go to is coming off of twitter and let me see Bradley, big dog, you got to have these things screenshotted. I mean, come on. Well, I know. It was oh, late man. night. <laughs> late night last night. Uh, glad, was, you, glad you're not making the pit call right now. <laughs> I could never do it. I could never be a crew chief. I am too bad in high panic situations, high, pan- high pressure situations where you got to, like, make quick decisions. I'm not that good so. at it either, but you just got to roll. You got to go. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, actually, we're going to Facebook. And the question comes in from Brandy Patton, and she asked if Jerry could share your favorite racing memory. Um, I'm kind of thinking that my favorite memory is probably going to come this year. That's what I like ah. to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Second favorite memory is uh, winning Eldora Dirt Race oh, with Bubba. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Pretty unexpected. Right. Yeah. So. What's that event like, and how disappointed are you that we don't get to do it this year? I mean, we ran Bristol, the dirt race, so mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I was uh, I was excited about the deal with Bubba because uh, my brother actually builds dirt cars in uh, Albuquerque uh, for California and Arizona and Nevada and all those places out there. And then uh, he was there to help me uh, oh, wow. build shocks, did all the stuff for it. And so that was a pretty big deal, you know. So, But I, awesome. I, I love going to it. It's something different. So, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, this next question comes in from our friend Brian Snare. Uh, do you enjoy being a cup crew chief more than trucks? And do you envision continuing to stay in the cup series? Uh, those are – that's a good question. Um, the, the, the series are, are so different and – and uh, it's taken me, you know, a year to kind of get a grasp around what's going on on these cup cars. You know, the rules are so different. The competition is so different. Um, but I, I truthfully, I, I love them both, you know, for sure. Definitely. So uh, next question coming off of Twitter from Andrew at a Laura 11. What is your favorite part about being a crew chief? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got the greatest job on earth. Do I not? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think so for sure. Other than maybe what you guys do, but, but <laughs> I pretty much. We got it pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I, pre- I pretty much do have the greatest job on earth. I don't know what it is, but I love it. So makes me tick. That's awesome. Know? Yeah. Well, great. I think that's uh, that's good for this week. Remember, if you're listening, if you want to ask a question for us or a future guest, just keep an eye out. Use hashtag AskRPM, and we'll be sure to throw those in. Yeah, we hate to we hate to end it so quick, but Jerry's got another meeting he's got to roll to. These crew chiefs, man, they stay busy. Right. Well, I'm not going to be the reason that Jerry doesn't make a meeting. Right. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, well, I appreciate everybody listening in on this. Hope it went all right. Yeah, yeah we, we appreciate your time. Had a lot of fun, and uh, get you back on at some point. Absolutely. All right, well, that was our interview with Jerry Baxter. And uh, really appreciate Jerry coming on, spending some time with us, telling about his career, his path in NASCAR, starting out in California, coming to the East Coast, going back to California, coming back to the East Coast, uh, working with some pretty cool names, you know, like, uh, of course, Ernie Irvin's in there. Uh, my boy. Yeah. He does, Ernie doesn't even know it, but that's my boy. Yeah. He'll know it. We'll, we'll get to him at yeah, some point. I hope so. Um, you know. Jerry's worked for guys like Michael Waltrip and Kyle Busch, and like we talked about, those are two very different team owner mentalities. But uh, you know, he's got great perspective and talked a lot about kind of where we're at this season and what he's looking forward to coming into Talladega this week. So that was awesome. And uh, yep. speaking of Talladega, we've got, like we said, the U.S. Air Force Tuskegee Airmen scheme that's going to be love it on the number forty-three this love weekend. I don't know where we're starting yet. I need to look, but like I said, we finished 19th at Richmond, so that should help us a little bit. Although, Talladega, does it really matter? I don't know. You know? Well, the way we were looking for the Daytona 500, uh, we were, you know, like we said in the Eric Jones and Rick Corelli podcast, uh, we were making our way up through the field. Eric was getting a good feel for the car, uh, you know, just picking people off, finding the right lines, and then, you know, they got a little, little racy a little soon, but, yeah. you know, it gets got me that performance has got me extremely even if even if it was only a couple laps has got me really excited, oh yeah yeah really excited for for this weekend yeah i think uh you know our super speedway cars are always very solid when we go to daytona talladega you know we know that our, we know that the equipment that we're in has got given us every opportunity to uh, to win the race if we can so uh, it'll be interesting to see you know we didn't really get into much about um you know strategy whether it's hanging in the back trying to drive to the front and, and I don't know what's the right answer there because I have seen all strategies work and all strategies fail. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, from, from my iRacing perspective, I want to be first place. Y'all push me around the track. But you yeah. know, if you can't be first place getting pushed around the track, yeah, there's is there yeah. is there a good place to be? Right, that's <laughs> the thing. If you're the pole sitter, then your strategy is pretty easy. Stay up Stay here up front. And keep everybody behind me. If everybody's behind you, then it's not much that can go wrong. But uh, 
yeah, we'll see how it goes. And thankfully, behind the wheel, we've got a guy that's wanted a super speedway in a cup car before. So uh, that's right. That, that's always going to be a, a little uh, yeah. And we got a guy on us. we got a guy on top of the roof who's got a lot of driving experience and is cool as a cucumber and uh, fun to listen to on the radio. I too. wonder what he would say if he was here, cool as a cucumber. I feel like uh, he would say that he would he would give a bowling re- Rick Corelli would give a bowling reference, hundred <laughs> percent. But I'm not. I, I did make an A minus when I had bowling in uh, in college. I did take a bowling class. In you college. did, yeah. Oh, so I went to like a real school, so mm, didn't have to. Yeah, I also took bees and beekeeping, and I also took turf grass management. So okay. th- one day my yard's gonna look great. Yeah, I would. I keep saying that, but my yard <laughs> continues to look like crap. You got so. too, You got those trees in the uh, in the west, so and it, it slopes downwards. So like all yeah. it, when it rains, like all the areas that need it, it just keeps on moving and this is when everybody in the podcast just tunes out so Ah, okay well let's talk about (laughs) richmond for a second yeah um so go to richmond have to start 30th and which is no fun and then um fired off not super well at the time and i'm sure you know many people were kind of wondering what was going on but um the great thing about having a guy like eric jones behind the wheel is that you know he knows that he just needs to give as good a feedback as possible, tell Jerry and the crew what's going on, and he has full faith in them to, to tune it up, and that's exactly what we did. Um, you know, middle to late in the race, we were really clicking off some good lap times, and I think if it wouldn't have been for, you know, there's always you can look back and hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. But if it wouldn't have been for that early caution um, right around lap, like 150-ish or something, uh, that first round of green flag stops is what it was. Yeah. And, you know, we had, we were kind of staying out, and then everybody came to pit road, and that kind of forces your hand because if you don't at that point, you're going to be a sitting duck. Yep. So call Eric to pit road, come to get service, takes off from the box right then, caution. Caution. What we were waiting for. What we were waiting for. So that, that kind of put us in a hole early, and then after that, you got long green flag runs for the rest of the day, and that makes it very difficult – to pick your way back up to where you need to be. But I tell you what he did, though. I mean... He got about as far forward as he could with the circumstances. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, to see him picking up spots on track like that is always really nice to see. And and especially when, you know, when we we have these races where we can practice and qualify and uh, Eric Jones is going to get the job done, 100%. Yeah, Eric said after the race that, uh, you know, definitely learned a lot from that day in Richmond and, uh, you know, can't ask for too much more than that so you know we'll take that we'll take a a learning experience with a half decent finish uh go to talladega swing for the fences <laughs> literally and uh you know it's i love going to talladega i'm so excited um you know talladega <laughs> i don't know the rest of the words it doesn't no, the rest of the words don't matter that's no. the, <laughs> that's what matters um and then after talladega is kansas so we've got that to look forward to uh, like we said got the um great looking u.s air force car it's going to be on track this weekend uh just getting jacked up weather's getting warm you know moving in the right weather's great man it's things things are looking good and 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 i'm i'm really excited for what we've got coming up uh we've got two guests scheduled after this one Mm -hmm. so uh we as of yesterday, yesterday before we just did our interview with Jerry, we had three guests Don't lined tell up. Don't tell them now. We need to make it seem like we're, we're lined up. No, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but but still, the the our next guest is going to be Martha Jane Bunkemeyer. I'm really excited about that, and most people are going to have no idea who that is, except for the diehard Petty fans. And mm-hmm. go ahead and tell us about Martha Jane. Well, Martha Jane was uh, Richard's assistant for a number of years, all the way up until the early 2000s, I believe, mm-hmm. like 0203. We'll have her tell us. Um, but yeah, she was she was kind of um, you know the person in Level Cross that kept kept everything running smoothly. Uh, you know, I've mentioned to a couple of people that used to work at the shop back in the day um, that she was coming on, and the first thing they both said the same thing. It was all I can think of when I think of Martha Jane is her coming over the PA, going like, "Attention, employees! Attention!" You know. <laughs> so we're gonna have to get her to to do one of those for us. Yeah. Um, but, but everybody, especially if if you're listening to this podcast and you're not from the South. You're not going to understand what this means, but the people in the South are going to understand it. Martha Jane is a hoot. Oh, yeah, definitely. She is a hoot. Yeah, she's got a you know big spirit, uh, very funny, super kind. 
really looking forward to having her on. Uh, and hopefully, you know, she will be able to share with us some stories and insight into like what how it's do you like get, working with Richard on a personal level, right? And then how do you get Richard from A to B when he doesn't have a cell phone? And especially back in the day when there weren't cell phones, mm-hmm. like how do you keep track of Richard Petty? Yeah, so we're going to hopefully go to school on uh, uh, tracking down Richard Petty 101. Yeah. And that should be a lot of fun. So yeah. I can't wait. And then the guests we have on after that, we're not going to tell you who it is, but you're, it's going to be awesome as well so we'll we'll uh we'll tease that one for a little bit but definitely stay tuned yep so uh i think that's gonna wrap it us wrap it up for us today uh always appreciate everybody subscribing remember break it down we are on youtube you can watch full-length video with chris's face on now Ah, (laughs) making it on now what's up everybody watch us on youtube listen on apple podcast and spotify Make sure you subscribe, like, and review to all of those channels because we want to know how we're doing. Mm-hmm. If it's good and you like it, we appreciate that. If you want to, if you got some constructive criticism, we'll take it and we'll uh, take it into consideration. And, and definitely want to know who you'd like to see as guests in future episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working to working to put together a schedule and a list of you know a wish list of the people we want to contact and get on here and hear their stories so and we've got a lot of really awesome people you know not just people that have been guests but a lot of people within our organization and even people outside of our organization that are really leaning in and helping us to uh leaning in there goes me using my buzzwords (laughs) (laughs) that are really leaning in to to help us get really interesting guests so that's that's exciting for us and it's exciting to see people actually use ask ask rpm and and get interested in the show and and have people that we don't know being like hey your podcast is is really interesting that's mm-hmm. it, that's pretty cool to hear um but uh for those of you that are listening that really uh enjoy the podcast uh that have friends that maybe don't know about it you know go ahead tell your friends and uh if if you really enjoy it and they say well you know where can i find it tell them everywhere yep just look it up richard petty motorsports podcast like you said spotify youtube we're, we're out there and we're easy to find. Definitely. Thanks again to Petty's Garage for presenting another episode of the RPM podcast. Thank yep. you all for listening and supporting. Can't do it without you. So we appreciate that and we will see you next time. Peace.